This is a podcast where we have too many players. So. Oh, that's not too true. Many Come on. Many. <laughs> uh, too many true. cooks? Too, oh. many. too many cooks. Got him. Just beware if you're listening to this and you just heard us say too many cooks. Don't and you think, watch What is it. that? I'm going to look at it. Just don't. If you don't. can't stand the cooks, stay out of the kitchen. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Something like that. So since there's too many players, who's going to die? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, good, good timing. It's okay. a me, Emma. This is Kellen Sendoff. Exactly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Schmeros. An actual play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. For everyone, maybe. Uh, I am your Dungeon Master, and my name is Paul. And tonight, I'm I'm joined by uh, some number of people. Hey guys, it's Jeremy, and I play Blaze Blightwood. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Joe. Joe. My name is Alan, and I play Brackle. B. Rizzle. Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Professor Margaret Cavendish, Margaret also Gavendish. known as Meg. <laughs> <laughs> you said Mog. Did I lose my spot as last? Just yes. for tonight. Yeah. Go ahead. I really enjoyed it here. Or, well, maybe not just for tonight, but especially. Tonight. This is Zach. Well, make Caleb go next. Make him go next. I play Chris. It's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, poor baby. Poor Zach. I am Zach. Get out, Zach. Clear out your desk. Hey, my name is Caleb. And I play Kellen. Kellen. Hey, boy. Yeah, boy. Kellen has returned. The pirate. So that we can utterly murder him on screen. You know, we didn't want him to just go off gently into that good night. We wanted to revel in his death. And so, welcome to the, welcome to your death. Yay. Morbidly (laughs) death. (laughs) Morbidly. And uh, we are excited to play some Dungeons and Dragons. I've been really looking forward to this. Um, been, you know, listening have to. You? I have. Good. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Felicia brought some new coffee tonight. It's delicious. I'm having some right now. Pretty good. Uh, but before we get into all that luscious Dungeons and Dragons, Whoa. first, we got a couple things to take care of up front. Let me just go ahead and take this moment to say we love BattleBars.com. Mm. Yeah, boy. Mm, so spicy. They're the perfect amount of spice, you know? I mean, they're just like the spiciest, most beautiful spice, and uh, we love them. And if you would like to add some spice to your gaming table, go to BattleBards.com. They recently redid their whole website. Uh, we love them, and we thank them for allowing us to use their sweet tunes. We do. I'll tell you what else, though, we're going to do right now. We're going to give a shout-out to one of our favorite we're people. We're going to shout it out. Oh, boy. Oh, you don't have to, Paul. Hey, oh, it's Jeremy. Hey. 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 Jeremy just had a birthday. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. It's your boy. Oh, he did. Happy birthday. Yeah. Crap. Jer- Jeremy just had a big birthday, so we should all say Ooh, happy birthday, happy Jeremy. Birthday. Ready? Happy birthday. One, two, happy three. Birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday. Jeremy. Happy you guys are the best. Uh, I'm sorry to murder your character. I feel like Frosty the Snowman right now. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, but yeah, we're going to give a shout out to a patron for their uh, support. And if you support us on patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes, we'll also give you a shout out live on the show. This week's shout out goes to your mom. Your mom <laughs> and James Scott. Woo! 
That's Bear on the Discord. James, thank you so much for your support. You, you're awesome. You're amazing. Yeah, boy. And you are the wind beneath our wings. But that's not the only way you can support us. You can also go on to iTunes or wherever reviews are accepted. Leave us a five-star review. And if you do, we'll read it live on the show. In fact, we have a lot of five-star reviews. So let me just take a moment and say thanks. Thanks for leaving us reviews. We're we appreciate you five it. stars because you give us. We five give stars. your five-star review five stars. And now Jeffrey is going to read the first one tonight from Insomnia is Fun. That's not true. <laughs> it's true. It's not true. I see why you chose me to read this review. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, the first one, and it's I was like, what? It's April 19th. The title of this review is Amazing. 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 And it says, Jeffrey is too loud. <laughs> and and uh, Of anybody that could be too loud, it's Jeffrey. And I have noise sensitivity. <laughs> But anyways, but anyways, love the podcast. <laughs> the orange Drake on Kelly doesn't existed. Oh. Paul has said that so many times. Please stop. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the platinum Drake on Kelly does exist. Oh, and man. Paul plays him. Also, why do I imagine oh, wow. like the next generation just banging pots with hammers? Because Kjorg is a bad role model. <laughs> This is a great review. Honestly, this is amazing. I didn't even read the whole thing. I just read the first line. She just saw the part where it said Jeffrey's too loud. And I was like, yeah, we'll have Jeffrey. I was like, let's that. just do that one. That's a great Thank review. Thank you. Insomnia <laughs> is fun. Yeah. But anyways, love the podcasts. <laughs> yes, love the podcasts. Thank you so much for the review. And because we have so many reviews, we're going to quickly read a second one. This one comes from... I mean, if we're being honest, Kjorg is a bad role model. But he's also a good role model. Because he gives his life for the peoples. It depends. For the peoples. He also steals things. Yes. Let's read a second review quickly from Paper Dragon 11 or 11. 11. Crazy Stupid Good. That's the name of the, the <laughs> review. <laughs> this podcast is not the first I've listened to, but it was the first to rotate the players between seasons and have them create multiple characters all in the same story and world. Oh. We're innovators. We are. I think the story has been amazing and the role playing is so spicy. So spicy. <laughs> Finally, finished season four and so excited for what's coming soon. What was chained will probs be unleashed? I hope not, though. Ooh, you know, the more and more we play, I, I'm thinking that it's going to happen. Y'all ready for some Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons. What are those? What are those? What are those? Let's begin with the rolling of the giant blue D20. It's a 13. Ooh, oh. it's a 15. I don't know, guys. Schwitting. What about a Schwitty-five? Let's talk about what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes. On Dragon Ball Z. Last time, our adventurers finally made it back to Venthaven and stood before the governess Marleyan. And she asked the Shade for his help, remembering how they might reach and breach the prison of the Crooked Father. But the Shade did not have an answer for her. He needed to use the Pearl of Remembrance to restore his memories from those eons long past. And so she agreed to let him use the Pearl if he would help them to retrieve it from one of Joseph's stashes, his secret stash, hidden somewhere off on an island somewhere south of Venthaven across the sea. And so the party began to discuss how they would help in retrieving this thing. Of course, before they could do that, they had some business to take care of. Meg and Chris 
would remain behind and begin working on a very important project, developing a special underwater traveling device that could make it across the ocean to this dangerous place that they need to find. So as they said about making preparations for that, Brackle made his way over to the library where he met with Hilna, and he was transported through a magical door to the Temple Zauberstone, home of the clerics of Prevalian. There he was told how that he might rid himself of this shadow that had attached itself to him. But is the cost too great? Of course not. Probably. As Brackle returned to Venthaven and met up again with Joseph, the Shade, and Blaze, they came to Bluster's Barroom, where they would hold up for the night and make preparations for tomorrow. And wouldn't you know it, Joseph met up again with one of his companions, one of his crewmates, one red-headed, bearded gnome by the name of Kellen Dimble. Hey, hey boy! Yeah, boy! Hey, boy! <laughs> Margaret. Margaret. It is late into the night, and you have been transporting all of your things from your house over to the new workshop that's been provided to you by the College of Magic. It is the wee hours of the night. You are very tired. Chris, you also have been helping with the transporting of these things, right? No. What, what have you been doing then, Chris? What, what have you been doing? I've been helping with the transportation of those things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you. So you, you get all your things in there. Uh, you get everything set up, and you, um, like I said, it's very late. You guys haven't had any sleep, and Halifel comes stepping in. And a lot of the guys who've been, like, helping and getting things packed in, they are all now heading out. Halifel steps up to the two of you with a hand on each of your shoulders. Well... It appears that we were successful in setting things up here. I, um, I'm going to go and get some sleep while I still can. Yes, I, I think we should too. We've got a lot of work ahead of us. Yes, there is much work to be done. Chris? I was thinking about visiting a spell shop. Are they still open this late here? No. What, what sort of spell shop are you looking for, exactly? Mostly just utility things to help in the progress of building. Just thinking, like... Water breathing, fabricate, things like that. Well, you could probably find access to the details for those spells here in the College of Magic. I could um, I could retrieve those for you in the morning, but it won't be open until then, if that would be helpful. Uh, yeah, that, that would be fine. Well, I'm going to go home and sleep. I, I recommend that the two of you do the same. Um, there are some cots here if you want to rest here or if you'd like to head home or wherever it is you're staying. I will see you all tomorrow. Yes, Chris, we will probably spend a lot of time here. So if if you're all right with it, I, I think I would rather go home and get some proper rest. That is fine with me. We've got extra bedrooms at the house and you can stay there for the night. And then you can come over whenever you're, you know, whenever you wake up and you want to go get the spells from Halifel. That's fine. You leave whenever you would like. What I'm trying to say is Mikasa Sukasa. Moi bien. I appreciate the offer, but I'll probably head back to where everyone else met and see if they're still at playing cards. I know Blaze had plans to lose money tonight, so I might join in on that. All right. Well, have fun with that. I have some school things I need to take care of as well. You know, these classes do not teach themselves, and grades don't grade themselves either, so... I actually wouldn't know. I never went to school. Yeah, but you have magic, so couldn't you make magic do that? I mean, come that's on. cheating. That's my conscience. 
Jeremy's my conscience. <laughs> well, I will see you later. I'm going to head on home. Okay. I'll see you in the morning. Chris, uh, Margaret, the two of you step outside and into the College of Magic. And it is it's night. It's the middle of the night. You're not exactly sure what time it is, but it's well past midnight. The glow of the city is at full brightness. There is a tealish blue, think like the Northern Lights. There's almost like that sort of a glow above you on, and what it is, is you can tell from the inside, it's the arcane beat. It's all the magic of the city gleaming in a, not a full-blown reflection, but just a light reflection off of the arcane bead. The floating buildings and different things around you, there's just a, a low hum. And, well, Margaret, you've lived your whole life, so you don't even notice it. And, Chris, you're so accustomed to a similar sort of thing, not the same, but very similar in Rune Cathair, uh, that it just it, it feels, of all the places where you have been on Monumi in your life outside of Rune Cathair, you would say that Vent Haven feels closest to home. But the two of you step out, and as you leave the College of Magic, you go your separate ways. Margaret, you travel to your home, which isn't far. Uh, Chris, you have a good ways to go across the city. It's going to take you a while, um, and you're not exactly sure where this place is. So uh, go ahead and give me a survival check. Uh, survival. Survival. Not great. It's a nine. I will not survive. <laughs> a nine? A nine. Okay. Yeah, a nine isn't great. Nine. The problem is it's the middle of the night. And the streets are pretty quiet, and you don't really know where you're going. You know it's in the direction of the docks. So you're heading south, uh, but pretty soon you get to, like, toward the edge of the city, and you're like, huh, haven't seen any inns on the main road, and you're going to have to try and find someone who is out and awake enough to give you some actual details. Good luck. Well, I'll say that you do. You eventually spot someone. Hey, you looking for something? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Can we do this? Can she please <laughs> let Felicia play the NPC? Oh my gosh! Yes, uh, let's do it. Felicia, what does this NPC look like? They're just sitting out. They're sitting out in a rocking chair in front of their house, which is oh kind of odd. But it's just there, and they're just sitting there drinking some coffee. You need some help? What's that place called again? Uh, roll me a history check. Wow, he is giving. I'm good at history. You are. Roll it. Oh, gosh. It's a nat one. You want a natural oh, one. Oh, oh. The moment you're about to say it, it leaves you completely. You have no idea what it's called. The only thing you know is it's like a tavern for, like, sailors. I'm looking for the... I forgot what I'm looking for. Um, oh. It, it, hmm. It's a tavern for sailors, I think. Invite him inside, knock him over the head, and drink his blood. Oh, I, I know I know some places. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like somewhere I, I would know. So uh you want me to take you there? Or I don't have to. I you don't know me. Why would you why would you trust me? I literally just sitting here in a chair in the middle of the night with, with my I'll, cat and dog. I'll follow you if if you know the place, yeah. Oh great, come on. So she just literally just grabs a little lantern hmm. and she kinda has a cane mm-hmm. and she come on, let's go. You better keep up. I'm pretty fast. She's not fast at all. You're not too far away. Probably a 20-minute walk. <laughs> She's not fast at all. And with her walking slowly, it's a 30-minute walk. Uh, you finally get there. Around the time you're getting there, it's like after 5 a.m. <laughs> the sun is not up, but you can tell it's like nice. it's like morning. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, we got here just in time. You come up on the, the building just, <laughs> uh, and you see the sign. And when you do, of course, there it is. It's just, well, it's actually the door has a sign embossed on it uh, of a, a, like a bent palm tree being blown by, side by the wind. And it says above it, Bluster's Bar Room. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's it. 
That's it. This is the place. Yep. Come on. Let's go. Sure, let's go see your friends. You sure do know your way. Oh, you're good. Uh, let's go. You got me here. I'll I'll just go in. All right. Thank you. She follows him in. <laughs> There's no one inside. It's it's completely empty. Two orange juices on the house. I'm gonna look back at her. Mm. I'm gonna walk over to the empty table and just be mm-hmm. like, Ah, oh, my friends. How is everyone? And they're invisible. Are you one of those guys? <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have invisible friends? <laughs> no. I have to cat and a dog, and that's it. Pretty soon the owner, uh, someone steps out and says, uh, how can I help you? Uh, it's early. Um, uh, he wants two, aren't you? This is one, one for me and one for him. Hey, well, where'd he go? No, no, I'll just take a room. Uh, this old, old, uh, I don't know you, he says, pointing to you, Chris. Betty, old Betty here, she's crazy. I don't know if you know that. He doesn't. I haven't told him yet. I'm starting to figure it out. <laughs> she's murdered 17 children. What? Betty, have a seat. I'll, breakfast will be ready in about an hour and a half. All right. I'll have a seat. Now, All what right. can I do for you? Child murder is illegal. I, I just need a room. Yeah, sure thing. He works out deal. That's uh, one gold piece for the night. Uh, it's kind of uh, steep, I know, but times are hard. No, that that's fine. I lay five on the table. And oh well, it's very generous. He gives you a key. He says room number ten. Thank you. Go up the stairs. You'll find out. Betty, it, I'll see you later. Was, yep, sure will. You go upstairs, get your room, and crash for the night. I sleep. The sun starts to crest over the horizon. Blaze. Yes. You are finished with your restful meditation for the night. The sun's not risen, but it's just starting to get a little bit of that glow, you notice, and you know that you all made a a deal to be at the ports around sunrise, so you get up. Blaze is the first one out the door. You go downstairs, or what do you do? Yeah, yeah, I go downstairs to go out. Do I see anybody as I go? You do not, but I don't think. Who else is there that's going? Brackle's going. Is Brackle up? Brackle's asleep. Brackle's asleep. Now he's up. Okay, now he's up. Uh, so maybe maybe as you hear a door opening outside in the hall, Brackle, you're awake or awakened. And you see that the, the dim light of the sun is just starting to illuminate the sky. It's not sunrise, but it's just that before dawn, you know. Same for you, Joseph. You are awake. And it is that moment before dawn. I am woke. You hear a rap at the door, and then the door opens. It, Creaks open, and you see the shade as he dips his head in. Good morning, Joseph. How are you? Are you ready for our next adventure? Of course. Well, gather your things. I believe we have a a bit of breakfast, but we must be going. We must be going, Joseph. Yes, my things are gathered. He pushes the door open as he turns around. Come along, and steps out, and is leaving. I follow. So downstairs, Brackle, Joseph, Blaze, the four of you are... In the main area of the Bluster's Bar, you've there's just a quick breakfast, you know, basically just like some bread type things and butter. There's some sweet jams. Mm, that's my bread and butter. Ah! Some sweet jams, exactly. Oh, right? sweet jams! You just grab those sweet jams that are in no Whenever way connected. They got those. Not from some weirdo. I can tell you that. <laughs> Definitely not from some weirdo. Sweet jams. Blaze would have stopped for sweet jams for sure. They're prepping for. They're prepping them, ready to go. You fix yourself some sweet jams and then head out. You guys need to go, go, go. You go out into the city, right? Yep. Just so everyone knows, I still do not trust the one they call the Shade. And he looks at the Shade, casting Shade his way. My, 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 Blaze, surely by now I've proven myself. What am I, who am I joking? Of course not. You should never trust me, or anyone for that matter, Blaze. If there's one thing I can teach you during our time together, hopefully it will be this. Don't trust 
anyone. <laughs> I am unteachable. Even if not especially <laughs> the gods. He gives you a wink. Uh, Blaze winks back. I'm just over here eating a biscuit with orange marmalade. Mm, yes, that is, I have to say, Joseph, that is some incredible marmalade. With orange juice. Did you see where it came from? Is there a name on there? Remind me when we return, Joseph. I need to find out who crafted that marmalade. It's so good. Mm, it was Bert. It was Bert. Bertie's bees. Yes. You all travel along the way. You come to the main road. Take a left and make your way out of Venthaven. Making our way out of... You exit along the main road, and then you travel along the south ways until you reach the port. And as you are coming upon the port of Venthaven, the harbor, if you will, the sun has just crested the horizon. It is a very bright early morning, right at sunrise, as you come upon a place right at the foot of the sea tower, the large sea tower where, Joseph, you you received a message last night telling you that you were to meet the captains of the vessels that would be aiding you at, there's there's a cart, they said there was a cart at the foot of the sea tower, that's what they said, some sort of a vendor slash cart sort of thing, so as you guys come upon um, the port and you're making your way over toward the sea tower, you're looking for some kind of vendor slash cart business. Do I see any carts? You do. You do see a cart. There's a small cart over there on uh, just along the where the road turns to the right in front of the large lawn before the sea tower. Uh, and you can make your way over there. I'm gonna make my way over there. Do it. You walk up. There is a cart. There's no like, like a canopy over top of it or anything like that. It's literally just a really basic cart set up. And as you come upon it, it is the only thing that you notice about it very specifically is it's painted bright orange. Like it is like a, it's like a powerful, it's like a strong orange color. You know what I mean? It's the just, cart of the orange Dracon Kelly. No, it is not. It's not, it's not a cart of the orange Dracon Kelly, but it is orange. It's very orange. There is someone standing there at it. He has some sort of contraption in his hand, and he's like cranking it and turning it. Uh, and he's <laughs> orange, you glad, orange, you here, orange, you buy. There's nothing to fear. You walk up, yes. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Orange, you glad, orange, you near, orange juice to be good any time of year. And he turns his thing over, and this orange juice comes pouring out into a fresh tall glass. What would you like a glass of fresh orange juice, my friends? I take it. That is one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. I'll have three. I have to agree. Oranges are quite beautiful. What brings the th- four of you here t- at such a time early in the morning? Here, you look like you could all use a stout glass of orange juice freshly squeezed. Yes, please. I have to say it again. I will take three. Well, uh, three for just yourself. Don't be greedy, my friend. Oh, who am I kidding? Here, have three. And he slides you three glasses of orange juice. I uh, pick one up in each hand and leave one sitting there and go to town. Okay. And for the rest of you? I'll take one. Excellent. And for the human? I'll have one. Oh. Well, let me fix you one. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> he, he, he is Batman. <laughs> oh, no. He pulls out an orange. He, like, tosses it up in the air, does a little flourish and a spin, and swipes it with a knife, and it falls down in two halves. He pops it into his little machine. He begins to crank it, and you see the juice come down in the middle and pour into a glass. Ah, yes. Here is your glass of orange juice, my friend. He slides it over to you. I stab him. And for our last customer in the shade, says, tell me, what sort of contraption is that? Where did you get it? 
Oh, this is of my own design. Would you like to take a closer look? And he like leans it over toward toward him. Show it to it's just like a nice little machine. You can tell it's something he's made himself. I call it the juicer. <laughs> well, I suppose I could take a glass of orange juice. I mean, scurvy and all of that. Ah, this man gets it. See, that's the reason to set up such a well a convenient location to sell my oranges here next to the sea. Um, what brings the four of you down by the ocean at such an hour? I do not think that is any of your business. And he chugs the other class. <laughs> okay. We're here for an early morning meeting. I see. Well, I have to say welcome. My name is Hamlin, Hamlin Orangewood. I am actually waiting to meet some folks here. Oh, I'm so glad I caught you. Guys, turn and you see Meg kind of like in a huff running up the road. In elegant robes. Right. Like ready for mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. stuff. You caught us. Yes, I actually have some elixirs I can send with you, Joseph. And oh, thank you. I give you two uh, bottles. One of them is like a uh, purplish color, and the other one is a red color. Okay. Uh, the red one is the healing one, of course. Okay. And then the purple one is resilience one. Okay. And, you can't tell uh, them what it does. Yeah. Resilience. So this one. Yes, it, it helps you when, you know, if you're feeling a little low and you think you're about to get into battle, uh, just drink that. Rackle grabs it and guzzles it. Oh, no. Feeling low. Miss, could I interest you in a fresh squeezed cup of orange juice? Oh, of course. Nothing better for the morning, is there? I totally agree. Here you are. And he does a little flourish, and this time he, like, pulls from his hippo wand and he like waves it and the orange just splits and falls down into his machine and then he spins his wand and it starts cranking on its own and it fixes the orange juice my lady and he levitates the glass of orange juice over to you thank you so much this is great you're welcome and the first glass is free oh <gasps> as you Rackle guys walks off and then he comes back wearing a fake mustache and says howdy y'all i want some of that orange juice <laughs> Uh, as he says that, not Alan, what Alan said does not happen, <laughs> right? Or does it happen? Does Brackle actually no. okay? I didn't no. think That didn't seem like Brackle's in moment. Well, I'm off. I, I have some classes early this morning, and I hope your travels go well, and I hope, Joseph, you find what you need, and Blaze, take care of the guys, and Shade, you... Yes, of course. You of do course. whatever you do, oh, and you then... Oh, you know I will. Um, Brackle, I hope everything is okay with your, you know... Your problem. Thank you. I hope I do as well. It's been following me like a shadow. It's been on me like a shadow on me. person at <laughs> not noon. Well, I'm sure it's it's fine. At this moment, uh, just as Meg turns to make her way to uh, the college and she waves goodbye to you all, uh, Brackle. Yeah. Uh, you you see someone approaching from the side. His, there's a figure standing there. His head is adorned with a blue captain's hat. His long brown hair is pulled back into a ponytail. He's dressed in a long navy tunic with white pants, and his, on his lapel rests a golden pin of the scallop of Provalian crossed over top with a large feather and a rapier. And you recognize this gentleman as Captain Solias Brighttree. Captain Solias. Well, Brackle. Uh, welcome. What are you doing here? I'm following Joseph. Oh, are you Joseph Stormbright? Oh, boy, yes, I am, Captain Salivas. I... <laughs> it's uh, Salias Brightry. I, I received this summons from the Governess Marlene that I should meet you here today. Ah. You hear a slap on the table. 
You're Joseph Stormbright? I'm supposed to meet you here as well. And uh, the orange vendor hops over again. My name is Hamlin. Orangewood extends a hand towards you. You must be Joseph. Yes, I am. Well, I've been also tasked to join you on a journey, and I'm expecting my first mate to arrive any moment now. Um, Look at this. What a fateful (laughs) meeting. Uh, What are the odds that we would all meet here at this exact moment? Hmm. What are the odds? What are the odds? Don't tell them to me. What are the odds? Well, I was told to meet here at this cart, so I guess the odds are pretty good for me. Anyhow, um, Hamlin, it's nice to see you again, and they shake hands, obviously knowing each other. My first mate, Doriana, she is preparing the ship. Is your ship also being prepared, Joseph? You hear a, um, you hear a, like a, the, the patter of feet running, uh, and you turn to see running up alongside the port, like coming up from like the seaside. Uh, there is a figure, I mean, full speed ahead, running, arms swinging, like frantically running your way, and then she like comes to a, a sudden stop, almost falls, but doesn't catch her feet, and just kind of like slides in front of you guys with her hands down her knees. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Um, <clears throat> hello. Uh, oh, I think I'm going to be sick. And um, you see uh, Hamlin reach over and put a hand on her shoulder, like pat her on the back, like, catch your breath, catch your breath. Uh, this this is my first mate, Amber Ivory. She is here to meet you all. She'll be traveling with us. Um, Amber, introduce yourself. And she, uh, like, hacking, cough, trying to catch her breath for a second. She <clears throat> pulls herself up, uh, and she extends a hand. Uh, Amber Ivory. And there's like ten of you there, and then she awkwardly puts her hand back down. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, Blaze reaches out to shake it after she puts it down. Oh, uh, <laughs> she she takes you by the hand. Amber Ivory, and she, like, very energetically shakes your hand. Pleasure to meet you. Well, the sun is getting high in the sky, says Captain Salias. We should probably be making our way to our ships. But before we do, Joseph, we have been tasked with supporting you, and that we shall do. Is there anything that you need from us specifically before we go and board our ships? Don't get too far away from my ship. Of course not. We'll be following close by, and we have, uh, I've, I've, I've got a lot of oranges. You see, that's actually why I became captain in the first place, to, uh, to find the most exotic versions of oranges that exist. Did you know that there are more than a dozen different types of orange just in this peninsula, this area where we, where we are right now in the surrounding islands? I have traveled much of Monumi, and this is the only place I know of with oranges. Well, that's because we're near the sea, and it's a tropical fruit. But I will say this. There is one uh, that I'm searching for. Um, I actually named our ship after it. My grandfather looked for it for many years. It's called the Fanta Orange. <laughs> and uh, we, we even uh, named my vessel the Fanta Sea. Wow. Wanta Fanta. Don't you want Wanta Fanta. It's kind of a big peel, you know. Um, <laughs> but if you all are ready, I am ready. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and the sun is up. We should probably be going. It's uh, the, the summons I received. Joseph said, what, two-day journey, something like that? Yes. Well, you've all met me, and, and you've met Ivory as well. Um, she is a sorcerer. Um, she's really good with weather. Uh, she can actually help make our trip better if things go crazy with the weather hopefully she can help with that and she kind of like um she it looks a little bit bashful yeah um i can help with the weather um i uh what does she look like what does she look like what does she look like that's a great question now might be a good time for me to tell you that both amber and hamlin are npc creations from Ooh. our patrons nice uh, amber is created by 
your friend of mine, Sharia. Sharia. And Hamlin is uh, from Chaz, both of which have been on previous Champions episodes. So thanks to Sharia and Chaz. Cool. Hamlin Uh, Orangewood is funny. Did I even describe Hamlin? I don't even think I I described Hamlin. No. Okay. You're a bad DM. I'm a real piece of garbage, I'll just tell you. Me too. You're a great DM. Describe them. He is a wiry, red-haired elf with freckles and hazel eyes. He's about five foot nine. He's wearing a big green hat uh, with a bright green feather in it and an ornate orange pin. He is wearing a green embroidered vest over an orange striped shirt with big sleeves, kind of like uh, I think like a barbershop quartet. Uh, he's wearing like brown fabric pants, leather boots, and uh, decorative buckles designed. As oranges. He's very specific to his orange theme, if you can't tell. I like it. Meanwhile, you look over at Amber. She's short, three foot tall. She's got wild, messy brown hair. Uh, it's pulled back in a bun. It's especially messy because it looks like it may have fallen out part of the way while she was running over here. She's wearing like a, think like a hard hat, but it's made what looks like made out of some kind of shell, like some kind of like thing she's crafted and made herself. She's got brown eyes. She's wearing big spectacles that like zoom in on her eyes. She's got tan skin and she's wearing a lot of black and brown colors just kind of like muted regular simple black and brown colors she has no weapons that you can see just a little there is a bag tied to her hip looks almost like a coin purse but a little bit bigger uh and as she moves around you can hear it shaking it sounds like there's something inside of it like uh, shells or stones or something a shake 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 what are uh, what are your names we should know one another if we're going to be working together uh i am blaze blightwood blaze chosen of Prevalian. That sounds very important. Uh, it's nice to make your acquaintance, please. <laughs> As it is yours. Would you like some oranges? Would I like some what? Oranges. I have had three glasses of orange juice, but I will gladly take an orange. Well, you can take some for the road. And I actually have this really nice spread that I make. And he pulls out this jar. from. He re- like leans over the thing, pulls out a jar. And you can see it's the same orange marmalade you were having back at the, uh, the war. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I open the jar and, like... Try to dump it into my mouth. Oh, my, no, 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 no. This is a precious commodity. <laughs> Hamlin it is, right? I, and they all kind of look over, and it's like they're noticing the shade for the first time. And actually, you guys, this is the first time you've seen him since he took that glass of orange juice. It's like he disappeared. But now he's back. I would... Do you have another jar of this? Could I, could I procure one? You can call me the shade. I'll be glad to pay you for it. Even. Fantastic. I love him so much. Who? The shade. The shade. I like Hamlet. Uh, yes, I would love to give you a, a glass, and don't worry, we're, we're, we're going to be paid handsomely by the governess for what we're doing, so here, I'll just give it to you for free. How's that? Just so you know, we do not trust him at all. Oh, Blaze. And the, uh, he, like, pats you on the shoulder when he does, it like, shocks you. <laughs> oh, sorry. A little static built up. Um, so, the shade and Blaze, what about uh, you? He's pointing to you, Brackle. What's your name? I'm Brackle. Brackle. It's nice to meet you, Brackle. It's nice to meet you as well. You seem to have a very serious demeanor, Brackle. I am a serious demeanor. You know, my mom always said that orange juice can put a smile on anyone's face. Your mom never met me. Probably not. (laughs) Did your mom say, let's put a smile on that face? (laughs) I once had fresh squeezed orange juice in the heat of the sun. It made me miserably sick. All that acid. (laughs) As I drank the orange juice. Well, this is as uh, <laughs> lovely as this conversation is. We probably should be going. You guys turn around. And, and he, he says, come along, Captain Salias says, and he turns to walk along the road. But what he does, there is a figure standing in the middle of the road facing you all. It's a Nazgul. They are standing there. They're short, gnomish in height, you would, would, would think. But it's hard to tell. He is, you know, not quite, a little under four feet tall. You can see black hair coming down, about shoulder-length black hair. He's gray-skinned, wearing simple robes. 
and he is wearing a skull on top of his head, like the top half of some sort of reptilian thing. It looks like something that came out of the ocean. Some sort of weird reptilian skull thing on the top of his head, like a hat, and it comes down over his face, and it comes out like almost like a snout, and he's just standing there, staring at you all. Can I help you? He stands there for a moment, and then after a hesitation, he walks toward and he hands you a scroll. Thank you. I open the scroll. He stands there waiting for you to open it. You open it, and there is a note, like a very official-looking note. And it says, Joseph, this is Larta. He is one of our mages. We would like for him to accompany you on your journey. He will assist with anything that you need on your ship, such as problems with the weather and the acceleration of your seafaring vessel. This is not a request. Signed, Governess Marlene, with the official stamp. Old Larta. He gives you a nod. You gonna say anything? He kind of like turns his head to the side for a minute, and then he shakes his head. Can you just not say anything? He shrugs. Hmm. I point at him and say, using the message spell, can you not speak? And he can respond quietly. Is that how that works? Reply in a whisper that only you can hear. He says, yes. Uh, I say something again with message. What do you say? Well, then speak out loud. He says, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Here's another message. <laughs> he turns around and starts walking. Use all of them. Well, that's exciting. Shall we go? Well, Mr. Hamlin, this guy's going to be riding with you. No, 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 no. I don't have room for him. I'm sorry. Does he need a ride or something? What's the note say? Salivus, he's riding with you. Well, let me see the note. The note was for me. Yes? Well, then I suppose the boy is also for you. Ooh. No, 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 no. No, I'm in charge here, and the governess said saliva's... Oh, come along, Joseph. Let the boy ride along. It'll be fine, won't it? And you turn around, and the shade has your note in his hand. Oh, I see here very, yes, quite specifically. It's supposed to go with us, wouldn't you know it? Don't worry. I'll keep an eye on the boy, won't I? Oh, I'm sure you will. Come along. <laughs> Let's go. The day is wasting. Why? Y'all go to your ships. <laughs> yes. We go. You go along the docks. There are a lot of ships in the port that are not out at sea right now. Uh, like I said, it's, there's not a lot of sea action going on right now. It's very dangerous. Uh, only government, only ones that are sanctioned by the Elder Conclave can leave that Van Haven gives approval to. But you all go along, and you are there, and you find uh, Joseph. One ship? One ship. One ship. You see Captain Solias comes along to the... Mingair Hiril, or the My Sea Lady, and he boards his ship, turning to you all. We will await your exit from port, and we will follow you along the sea paths. Uh, you go a little further, and there is a large, gaudy, orange-painted ship. Uh, actually, oh, yeah. looks like it just got a new paint job. You see Hamlin step over. Come along, Amber. We've got some sailing to do. Joseph, is that your ship over that way? And he points over, and you can see the Kareen down at the end of the docks. Yes, it is. Well, we'll wait for you to leave port, and when you do, we'll be right with you. And of course, Amber here will be more than happy to facilitate any sendings or messagings we need to do from ship to ship. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really good at that. I just gotta find the right. Marble, um, give me just a minute, and she, she starts digging through her little bag, and she pulls out a little blue marble, puts it back. Keeps marbles in sacks. She's pulling ah. back, she's doing different things. <laughs> we're, we're, we're keeping an eye out for you, Joseph, so you just go along, we'll be ready uh, in, in any moment. 
uh, our crew should be ready. Very well. So you all travel on down, Brackle, Shade, Joseph, Blaze, and Larta. We go. You board Joseph's ship, the Kareem. And what do we see? You see a boat. Big boat. A boat. A big old boat. Big old boat. With sails. Sails. Does it look like it's well kept or it's kind of raggedy? Uh, it is well kept. Ah, I see. Any markings or anything like that, or like a carving on the front or anything like that? There is the name Kareen written on the side, just beside the. Is it the bow? The very front. Yeah, sure. That's the front, right? The bow. I think so. It has a mermaid carved. Good. Into the front of it. Nice. Okay, you all board the Kareen and stepping up, a bright red-haired gnome alongside a large furry brown bear. Captain! Chillin'. Captain! And Sir Charles. Charles runs up. That is a literal bear. Puts his paws up on your shoulders. Actually, this is a knight. Do I get to pet him? He's right now hugging Joseph. Please tell me I get to pet him. I pat him on the back. Yes, yes, it's good to see you, Sir Charles. Like, Blaze has, like, got both his hands together and his eyes are wide. You've been doing an excellent job. Kellen. Yes? You hear Charlie. Oh, Joseph, I have missed you, Joseph. Uh, He has missed you so much, Captain. Yes, I've missed you both as well. Tell him you are a terrible captain. He said you are a terrible captain, Captain. No, no, Kellen, you are a terrible captain when he is gone. (laughs) He said that I'm a terrible captain, Captain. (laughs) Hmm. I could see that. Yes. But that's why you're our captain, Captain. You're still learning. Yes. Well, I suppose it's time to go, though. Where are we going, Captain? Captain. (laughs) I don't think you've been here yet, but we're going to a secret stash island. Ooh. Secret stash. That is so cool. With many great treasures. I just want to pet the bear. (laughs) Go ahead and pet the bear. No one's stopping you. Yes. Just do it. He walks up. He's just, like, standing next to you. Uh, Blaze starts patting his head. Hello, big fuzzy. It's Sir Charles. Yes, he is a knight. Hello, big fuzzy Sir Charles. And he, like, starts rubbing both of his ears and, like, down his back like he's the biggest mm-hmm. puppy he's ever seen. He accepts the, the pets quite, quite thankfully. A halfling comes walking up to you all, standing there. Uh, he is wearing a pin on his lapel that notes that he is the first mate, and he looks to you, Captain Joseph, and he says, I think all our preparations are ready to go, Captain. It's good to see you back. Ah, uh, thanks, Pip. Just so you know, when you are gone, the first mates are supposed to be the captain, not this idiot. He says, pointing at Kellen. I am an idiot, but I'm really good at what I do. I mean, you're the boss. I'm just saying, you know. I wanted to give him a little bit of hands-on experience. Well, I can appreciate that. Anyway, we should be going. Are you ready to go? Yes, definitely. Let's go! He calls out, and they just they drop the sails. And then I use my storm guide abilities. Oh. Nice. What does that do? I can subtly control the weather, weather around me. Winter. So what do you do? I make the wind blow in the direction that I want to go. 
Very good, very good. You uh, you cause the wind to blow out, and the ship takes off swiftly from port. That's in a one a one hundred foot radius sphere centered around me. Oh well, Larta has taken up standing over uh, by the like wall to the like the captain's quarters, like just kind of hovering there, and he is watching as you summon the wind and. You can't see his eyes, but they seem to be observing what you're doing. I don't like this Larta character. I- I'm just petting, petting Sir Charles vigorously. Tell your new friend, Kellen, that he doesn't have to pet me quite so vigorously. You, sir. I don't know your name. Uh, I am Blaze Blightwood. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, hey, hey, I'm Kellen. Nice to meet you again. Nice to meet you again. Uh, Sir Charles said that you don't necessarily have to pet him so vigorously. You can teach me to speak bear? <laughs> uh, Kellen kind of just sits there for a moment. I cannot wait for you to teach me how to talk to the fuzzy Sir Charles. Can I ride him? Oh, better yet, can we wrestle? Sir Sir Charles, can, can you teach me how to speak bear? This seems like a noble figure. It, it, he, he does. Tell him I would be honored to wrestle although perhaps we will wait until we get settled in he said we should probably wait till we get more settled and that I would be honored to wrestle and he would yes yes sorry he would be honored to wrestle you the first thing you said he like loses his smile and then when you say the second part he like chippers back up he like just stands there with his hand on Sir Charles's head smiling so the ship takes off, and you see two other ships coming up behind you. One looks very regal and nice, and it's like the beautiful, picturesque view of a sea captain's vessel, that being our sea lady, which you are familiar with, Brackle. You remember your time and uh, everything that happened. Brackle nods. Ah, uh, yes. I remember now. wonder how Brendel's doing, you know, since Kendall died. Mm. Yeah. You see the other ship. I mean, radiant in the golden sunlight, bright orange. Uh, and this, it, it comes, sets out from the docks, and then with a flourish, its sails flop open. They're white, but there's an enormous orange embossed in the center of the sails. All of the sails have their own orange. Uh, and it takes off, nice. and you all are heading in a V formation. Our Sea Lady comes up on the starboard side, and the Fantasy comes up on the port side. And you all are sailing I go about introducing all of my crew to the new people on board okay we don't have to like act all that out in character but tell us who all your crew is we actually on board we probably just have Kellen yeah Sir Charles Pip the first mate uh-huh and his twin Skip, uh-huh. who is also the first mate. Also first mate. Also. Daryl and his other brother, Daryl. <laughs> and then we have four dwarfs. Their names are Squibble, Squabble, Bibble, and Babble. Wow. I love it. Are they brothers? They're also brothers. <laughs> Squibble, Squabble, Bibble, and Babble. And what do they do? Except for Babble, he's a cousin. And they are doing all the simple stuff. Like cleaning the poop deck? They are swabbing the poop deck. So one's the swab, one's the rigger. They're letting the sails down. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's the rigger. They go up and look out 
Gotcha. All that stuff. And then we also have Ilwin Weasley. And then Ilwin, yeah. Who is an elf. And what is he? He is kind of a businessman. Ah. Uh, but he's still along for the ride. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so you guys meet the crew, and you get settled in. Occasionally, you get a message. Um, uh, Joseph, you will receive a message in your head. It is a, a squeaky, gnomish voice. Hello, Captain. Uh, Stormbright, this is Amber. I'm just reaching out to make sure everything is cool, and we're good to go. I don't think you need to check on me. Okay. I love the ocean and can be of a great assistance if needed. Yes. Everything is good to go. Captain Hamlin says, we got your back, bro. Tell Captain Hamlin to keep up if you can. Okay. Uh, you guys sail. Uh, and throughout the day, you are sailing. Who is good with... I'll tell you what, Brackle. Give me a, uh, give me a constitution saving throw. And the same for Blaze. I uh, also I want to let all of my crew know mm -hmm. to keep an eye on Larta. I got a natural 20, but all together, oh. it's a 22. Well, you're in good shape, Briacle. Natural 20! Oh, crap. I got a 2. Oh, no, Blaze. Plus 6, I only got an 8. Yikes. Guys get a little down the road, Blaze, and feeling a little green behind the gills. Blaze has been selling quite a bit, though. Like, Well, you can have advantage. Go ahead. It's all the if, orange if, juice. If you've sailed a lot in your life, then go ahead and give me another roll with advantage. Not a lot better, but a 14. With a 14, you're not barfing your brains out. You're fine. You acclimate pretty quickly. So everybody's good. Uh, what's Kellen do on the ship? What's he doing? Captain, what does Kellen do? Hmm. Kellen. What What do you trust me with? <laughs> Kellen, I think that you should find the maps and the sea charts. Okay. Go dig those out. Now, in this particular case, Joseph, you're the only one who knows the, the pinpoint location of where this is, so you will have to be involved with the, with the actual directing. That's true. But Kellen can bring you all of his stuff. Show it to you, and the two of you can you can tell them exactly where we need to go and how to get there. So, you guys want to work on that? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, then I'm going to say, Joseph, that you can... Uh, I need you now that... We'll say Kellen gets the maps out. Y'all meet in the captain's quarters? Yes. Uh, what about the rest of you? Is anybody anybody else joining them, or...? Sir, I have the maps. Uh, Blaze, Charlie has come to you and offered himself for a wrestle. Ha 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 ha! Oh, my. Blaze is ready. So you guys are going to wrestle out there... Let's go. Uh, what's Brackle doing? Brackle is uh, keeping steady, and he is whittling. Okay. Whittling. He's whittling. Yeah, but not just whittling to make a pile of... He's trying to, like, carve something, you know? Yeah. Jeffrey, make, make me a roll. Make me a... Um, I need a survival roll, but but your, your seafaring ability is not based on wisdom because your wisdom is bad and you're very good at seafaring. So instead, give me a, a charisma check. That's a 26. Uh, that's really good. So you you look at the map. It's been a while since you've been there. You know exactly where it is. You kind of tell, you just tell Kellen, set the ship southeast, and you'll tell him when to make an adjustment. Like due exactly southeast. We're going due southeast. Directly. We're going due southeast. Um... So the, the ship turns southeast, starts heading in that direction. Now, Kellen, you've got your, your compass and stuff, right? I do. All right. You notice that it is getting kind of cloudy. Nothing crazy, but just a little cloudy up and around. Now, right around the ship, maybe the clouds clear a little bit with, with 
Joseph's control of the weather. Some, but not a lot, not a whole lot. You guys are traveling through cloudy weather, and the day goes mostly without uh, an issue. It is still early in the day. Uh, Chris, you have made your way back to the workshop in the College of Magic, correct? Yes. Uh, didn't get much sleep. That is okay. Chris will drink coffee. Margaret, you and Chris both arrive around the same time. You're both pretty tired. Uh, in fact, I want you to both go ahead and give me a quick constitution saving throw. Chris walks in with five cups of coffee. Only needed four hours of... It was like five o'clock, 4.30, probably by the time you got back, and you went to meet them at sunrise, which I'm was like two okay. and a half hours later. 18. 18. Felicia, give me that check. I got five plus something. I cast Energizer Bunny. Plus five. Oh, so ten. a ten. Uh, you are tired. You, are. you need some liquid caffeine. But, you know, you get in there. Halifel is there, bright and early as well. Oh, well, I see that you've all made it here as well. Is everyone as sleepy as I am? Oh, yes. Actually, I'm feeling pretty good. <clears throat> well, we have some work to do, so perhaps we should get to it, right? Yes. Yes. So you all begin uh, going over the designs. And basically, uh, I'm going to need a couple things from you. I need a couple of checks. Depending on what you're doing, and for both of you at this moment, I would say it's probably going to be something like an intelligence check. Okay. <laughs> now, both of you are artificers, and so both of you are good at building and creating things. So we'll call it a, an intelligence check, but with proficiency. So whatever your, tel your, whatever your intelligence is, just add your proficiency bonus to that. Uh, mine is a five plus four for my proficiency. My I got gracious. a nine. Mm, okay. Well, that that sleepiness is really Ever good. Ever since too, I right? rolled that nat 20, mm -hmm. all my rolls have been mm -hmm. poop. Oh, that's not bad. It's a 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was plus four. You're right. You, you didn't have the, that didn't add the four. It just add the five. Yeah, right. Because that's an 11 plus. Okay. Four. So you're doing okay. I mean, you know, you're not, you're not killing it or anything, but you're doing okay. You guys are basically working and, and figuring out some things like, well, you know, we could do this, we could do that. And right now you're still in the basically the planning phase. Meg is going over everything that she's already done and showing it to you. And she's showing you the sort of design. So right now you guys are basically going to look over the designs and decide what is the best way to go forward. I'm going to be honest with you two. I'm, I'm pretty good with magic and I'm here to offer support in that. But... All of this building machinery, it's not exactly my forte. Well, I am honestly going off everything that my father taught me, and he didn't really have a, a finished design, if I can say it like that. So any input would be great. Um, I, I just think it needs, to be, it needs to be big enough that we can handle everyone that is going on this mission um, comfortably, but also have enough equipment on there for any type of situation. So it's well, going me, to have to be... Let me stop you there for a moment and ask you a simple question. How many people will need to be inside this vessel? Do you know? Well, you, me, Chris... Oh, um, no, 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 no. I, I don't think this is for you all. Am I wrong? My great-grandfather told me that it was for a group of operatives. Was he talking about you? I don't actually know the answer to that. If I don't get to go... Well, I'm not saying you won't get... I will be very well, sad. 
Oh, I don't know exactly where they're going, but mm. he said, imagine the worst possible place a living being could ever possibly go as long as they live. Yes. That... So, as for me, I'm not going. I couldn't imagine them running the machine without the creators of the machine. So, Meg, surely you'll be on it. I do agree with Chris. I Let me say, I think this would be a question for my grandfather or perhaps the governess. Don't you think that's something we need to know? I mean, if you think it's that important at this moment well it's absolutely important that we know how many people need to be able to write in it correct so that i tell you what later today because you have classes right pretty soon i do later today i'll go and i'll see if i can't get an answer on that all right all right but for now let's continue with the design discussion i'm sorry i didn't mean to throw you off your groove it's fine so you guys go back to looking at the designs. Um, there are a couple that Meg has worked up, worked up. And of course, Meg, you already have somewhat of an engine made, right? Yes. Not finished, no. mainly because you didn't have everything you would need to make a finished engine. But you do have uh, the beginnings of one. And with what Chris has brought, some very ingenious engine designs and engine models. Um, He hasn't brought like a full-size engine or something like this, but he has brought designs that could fix your design. It's like the piece that you were missing. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it wasn't viable before. But now Chris has also brought something called a runestone. And Chris, you know what those are, right? They are the basically like power generators. Yeah, the big batteries, which you didn't bring like a full-sized one. You brought a mobile one. So basically, you guys spend the afternoon looking over your designs. As you're doing so, Margaret, uh, you set your um, contraptions, your little servants, your little machines about helping with the actual fabrication of things that you guys know you need. Panels, um, stuff like that, fabricating parts for the new engine. Uh, that you have designed that will be added to your current engine, not like completely redone from the designs you got from Chris. Tell me, Paul, if this sounds stupid. What if mm. I call them links? Links? Like links. You call them My little you, machines. You call them whatever you want to call them. I'll call them links. Okay, your little links. So what do they look like? So I drew a little guy. Okay. <laughs> it kind of looks like that, but cooler. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so they're, they're like actual little like robot men? Like little bitty robot men um and they just have these round eyes kind of like they're not like pupiled eyes they're just like these hollow round eyes okay so your little links as you call them they set about helping fabricate some things and prepare things for the engine and all that good stuff i'll say this it takes you guys longer to decide on what you want to do than you had hoped it would have in terms of like what design you're going to go forward with because you know you're on a tight time schedule right you're both very tired uh now chris with your check, your check's pretty good. Um, so, Chris, what is your? So, you guys are, are discussing the the sort of um, uh, the design. What's Chris's two cents? So, Meg. Yes. I I know you have kind of an offensive system played like laid out. Uh huh. Um, my only fear, uh, one thing I've learned as I travel is the key to good offense is being able to take a hit. Right. So, if it's okay with you, I would like to work on a shielding uh, defense system for the machine, um, as that is kind of my expertise. That would be fantastic. I totally agree. 
And with our ship holding, as Hellafell said, how many, I, I'm not sure, but we need protection. Uh, and apparently we're going in a very awful place. So, yes, I, I think you would be great for the shielding and all that. Um, as you say that, the door to the shop opens up and Hallifel comes walking in. Speaking of Hallifel. Yes, I, I just spoke with my great-grandfather uh, and he spoke with Malayan and then they spoke with me. Um, this vessel will need to carry at least five individuals comfortably, so maybe go for six just in, you know, just in case. So, according, they wouldn't tell me much. They're very secretive. I'm not sure what's so secretive about all this. But he said, you don't need to know. Uh, whatever, you know, just do what I said, I guess. And that's what I'll do. But there will, it won't be you all, except for the fact that they may, in fact, need a driver. But, Meg, I should tell you. Because um, they made two comments. One, they said, if Margaret wants to drive it, it's her ship and she should be allowed to do so. Too, it's likely this is a one-way trip. Hmm. So, that's a bit disheartening. Where are they taking... Do you all two know where this thing is going to be going? Did they mention Chris going? No, not specifically, but I didn't ask. Hmm. Should I have asked? No, no, it's fine. I, I was just wondering because I agree with Chris and, you know, the people that made the boat, made the submarine, the... Here is what they told me. They said, if you want to operate it, you or, I suppose, or Chris, or maybe both of you, you can build it to your specifications, then you will be free to do so, If, but um, they essentially acted like it was a certain death, and that you might be better off to make it easily driven, simply because they said... There would be a group of individuals who would be tasked specifically with going, whether that is a group of their operatives or whatever. I don't know. I don't think they're ready to just ask you to throw your life away. That's what I'm saying. Right. Well, I put it like this. You know, when you were younger and the thing happened with your friend and how secretive and how dangerous that was, even though we didn't know exactly what was happening. You remember that? Uh, yes, of course. I, I think it's on the same level as that. They didn't tell us, and Chris would agree, they didn't really tell us everything. But the ideas and things that they were saying, it, it does not sound good, but not doing anything also does not sound safe. I, I will say, although they did not directly mention where we were going, they implied that we will be going to the holding cell of the Crooked Father. Well, I don't know who that is. I will do anything to get on this ship and be part of the crew that takes him down. Well, I don't know who that is, but it sounds awfully ominous. So here's what I, I, I recommend, because um, it, it is, I have a class at, at noon. and uh, Don't you have a class as well? I do. We should, we, we're both going to have to go, but... I'll say this, perhaps we should move forward with this in mind. We should make the ship large enough to hold the two of you, <laughs> that's what you want to do, and as well as four or five others, so six, seven, something like that. But also make it in such a way that if we can't go, that it could be operated by someone on a lower skill level than, of course, the two of you geniuses. Right. 
I like the way you think. <laughs> well, speaking of thinking, it's time for me to go learn something. Uh, did you did you bring those things? What things? Uh, the spells? Ah, oh, yes, of course. I'm sorry. I, I got those on the way over there this morning. Him. And he pulls out two scrolls and gives them to you. You, you asked for um, water breathing and fabricate? Yes, yes. I will, I will use this time as you teach uh, to possibly work on these. Good. Well, uh, I'll see you here in a few hours, Chris. Yes. Enjoy your classes. Well, he is and just a bundle of sunshine. <sighs> he is something. But from from what I understand, you, you have a class to teach? I do, and... Chris, you make yourself at home here. Um, if anyone else comes in here and tries to tell you otherwise, do not listen to them and just do your thing. And if you want to go ahead and work on some things, that's fine too. My links will be here and you you can... Links, you pay attention to Chris if he needs you to do something. Amazing. Yes, thank you. And they can do whatever you need, and um, I will see you in a bit, okay? Perfect. I will be here. Blaze. Yeah, girl. Let's wrestle a bear, you know? <laughs> Blaze is in paradise. He loves the challenge. All right, go ahead, and we'll just call the strength to strength. You're wrestling. So Ooh. give me a strength check. Oh, I rolled a nat one. Oh. Ooh. Oh, no. You're about to get wrecked. Let's see. For Charlie, he rolled a 10 plus 7, so that's a that's a 17. Dang. So you get body slammed by Charlie. And when you do, actually, your head hits really hard, like super hard. Uh, Blaze laughs very loudly. You're like dazed, like you're seeing multiples of Charlie. <laughs> I did not know there would be four bears. <laughs> and, the bear, and Charlie re- leans down your in your like face, and he's like, <laughs> Nice, because I hit my head so hard, can I uh, respond back in bear? Blaze, are you all right, Blaze? You are very strong. Yes, I am very strong. I am fine. Let's go. Let's do it again. He stands up and he's... I am a bear. You are a puny little elf. As a puny little elf, I have beat many a bear. Can you understand me when I'm talking? It seems like I can, but there are four bears here. There is a light shining from your back. Huh? Is he talking in bear? The sword on your back, one of the gems, is glowing. Well, praise Pravalian. Ah. It looks like it's working. Your goddess has taught you to speak with me. <laughs> he like gives wow. he gives Sir Charles a hug. Wow. That's amazing. This goes on. Let's get a couple more quick rolls just in succession. Let's do two more strength checks and see how it goes. Oh, Jeremy cheated the system. Oh, you got him this time. He got a 13. Got a 25. Boom. Oh. So what does, that look, what does that look like? You kick Sir Charles right between the legs. <laughs> Sir, no. <laughs> no. He's going to go for, like, the wrestling move. He's going to do the whole <laughs> the, the pro thing where he, like, they stand <laughs> up and, and Charles stands up face-to-face yeah. face with him. RKO. And he, like, RKO. goes around behind him and, like, hooks his head yeah. and, like, drops Charles on his back. Oh. RKO. That was a good hit, Blaze. Out of nowhere. I'm going to rip your throat out. Oh. <laughs> Roll again. Ooh, a 17. 
Oh, he got a 17 on the dice. Oh, no. <laughs> he runs toward you, and, and you try to, like, like stop him, like grab him, but he just barrels over you. He does. He runs over top of you, but when you get under him, he, like, tucks his paws in around you and rolls and literally throws you across the whole ship, and you, like, slam into the mast. <laughs> Come into my house like that? I feel like my orange juice is... And he, uh, he throws up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. This goes on for a while. You all are, are traveling along. Joseph, give me one more quick check. <laughs> it's a nat 20. Oh, that's good. You? you all sail on. Things are going well. Occasionally, you get more messages from Amber just checking in. I'm like, yeah, shut up. Leave us alone. Is there someone else that you would like for me to contact? Other than you, am I bothering you? Captain Joseph, I'm sorry. I'm no, you're not bothering me. You're doing a great job, Amber. Fantastic. Thank, thank you. And you sail on. The sun starts to set. And before long, it gets quite dark. There is some moonlight overhead, but it is very cloudy, like I said before. And so, do you keep sailing? You know the area pretty well. You feel pretty confident if, in terms of your, especially with that net 20 you rolled, that the direction you guys are going, you're, you're pretty much open sea. Through most through, through the whole night, like you're not gonna reach land by morning. Like you know that based on where you are. So do you want to keep rolling? Yes, of course. Pretty soon it gets late and everyone starts to, you know, discuss the shifts for the night. Who's going to bed now? Who's going to stay up and help? You know, keep a watch and keep things running. Dear Captain, I would love to volunteer for whichever watch you need me to take. Thank you, Blaze. Really, the, the crew will be taking shifts, but the four of you can split up into it as well. Between myself and Pip and Skip, we should be able to keep everything going where it needs to go. Through the watch, at least directionally-wise. I'll be taking the first watch. Okay. Anyone who wants could stay up. Blaze is going to stay awake until he has to meditate in the last four hours of the night. Okay. Kellen is going to do whatever Jeffrey says to do. Kellen. You can take the first rest. Okay. On the last watch. I'm going to go sleep in the crow's nest. That will be good. On the last watch, whenever you get up, make sure to keep a good eye out up there. I will try my best. Take one of the periscopes. And if we fail... Oh, sweet. And I give him a periscope. Spyglass. So, Blaze, go ahead and give me a perception check for the first watch of the night. Perception. Also, before everyone goes to bed, I'm sure what's her face would send a message. Hmm. Natural 20. Oh. <gasps> wow, that's good timing. Go ahead, what's the message? I was going to be sure to tell them that the seas are very unforgiving these days and to watch out for any strange occurrences as they have been very frequent. I will spread the message to our ship, and I will also contact Captain Salias and let him know as well. Thank you. You'll go to bed. Blaze, you're awake. Yeah, girl. Charlie is sleeping at the bottom of the mast, where Kellen is up in the crow's nest, resting at the moment. The beginning of the night goes quite smoothly, you know, around 10-ish. Um, Brack, are you sleeping? I am whittling. So you're not sleeping. I will sleep some, but I also want to whittle. Okay. I will um, sleep, as they say, a whittle. Oh, wow. my gosh. Oh, boy. Uh, Joseph, you go to the captain's quarters to get some rest? I was going to stay up for the first watch. 
and then I was gonna let Pip take. Oh, a, okay, good, because the shade is in your bed. Shades in my bed. He's in your bed. He's been in the captain's quarters <laughs> all afternoon, and he is in there sleeping. I was gonna let Pip take a turn after me, and then Skip take a turn, making sure everything was going the right direction. He's meditating. He's resting. He's not really sleeping. So you're gonna let Pip take a rest. Pip and Skip both can take a rest. Pip and Skip are resting, and you're awake for the first one. Okay. And they'll both be taking a turn, captaining. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. You guys are just kind of doing your thing, keeping the watch, you know. It's like midnight. Um, the night's going on, smooth sailing. Joseph, are you keeping the wind going, or are you letting it kind of go natural now? What are you doing? Uh, if it's going to go in the right direction, then I'll just let it. It seems to be. Then I'll let it go for now. Everything's going fine. No issues. It's a clear night. It's Well, it's clear on the seas. It's cloudy above. Um, but like I said, everything goes smoothly, and it is, it's approaching that hour, that 3 o'clock hour, that 3.33 hour <laughs> uh, when Blaze, your watch is approaching its end. Who is it that you're going to be going to wake, Blaze? I have no idea. Um, I... Kellen? Whoever they told me to wake, I guess Kellen. I guess Kellen, yeah. I climb the mast and poke him in the head. So you climb up to the top. It's, I mean, it's like 3.33 on the dock. You see Kellen there. Good morning, friend of Sir Charles. Hello! I just <laughs> automatically Whoa. just pop up. Like, ah, you scared me. I'm sorry. I believe is it is it my turn? your turn to take the watch. Oh, sweet. Okay. So you go to climb down, Blaze, but as you do, something gets your attention. What's in the distance, up ahead of the of the ship in the sea, you see something. Kellen's got that spyglass there. Maybe you grab it. He grabs it without asking and stands up in the crow's nest. Oh, okay. I didn't need that. You look down the scope of the spyglass, and even in the dark with your elvish vision, you see there is some small something. Some It's hard to tell what it is because it's so dark, but there is something out there. It looks like a vessel or part of a vessel. The ship is heading right toward it, and you can make out the figure of someone or something lying atop of it. It is time to alert the captain. All hands on deck. What do you see? What do your elf eyes see? He hands the, the scope to Kellen and points in the direction. You take off down the mast? Yep, I'm going to go wake everybody up. What does it look like? Everything he's, I can see it too. Joseph, you've noticed the commotion of what's going on, so you may step over as he's coming down the mast. What's going on, Blaze? There is a ship in the distance. Someone is laying on top of the deck. Hmm. How far is the ship? You guys are coming up on it pretty quick. You need to slow down or you're going to plow right into it. Let me just say, these types of things can be a trap. <laughs> I control the wind to blow against us. Mm-hmm. Yep, climb up on the bow and look out. Uh, and as you guys are approaching now, you can see there is something. It doesn't look like a ship or a boat. Maybe maybe a raft or something like that, and there's someone just laying on top of it. Hmm. Um, I'm on the edge of the boat getting ready to either drop like the, the raft to go over to them and or have a rope that I'm like getting a lasso ready to try to hook the raft. Okay, Kellen, you said about like telling some of the other crew what's going on? Yes. All right, um, you wake up Pip and Skip, Joseph? Yes. Pip steps over and he blows a horn. It's a signal to the other ships that tells them we're slowing down. And they respond with similar horns. You get a message from Amber. Ca Captain, what's uh, what's going on, uh, Captain? We're approaching a small boat with a passenger. 
I see. We're standing at the ready. Brackle shoots it. Blaze, you approach the you go over and the the ship comes and slows slowing slowing until you have stopped within range of this thing it's not moving it's just floating in the moving waves and uh you go down in the small vessel yep take anybody with you if they're coming i don't ask for anybody blaze is in the vessel i'll go kellen you hop in with him yep let's do it blaze and kellen start paddling they lower you down you all start paddling over you come up on this thing, and like I said, it, at closer inspection, it looks like a busted-up boat. Not a ship, necessarily, a smaller vessel. One that you could travel on sea with, but really only enough for just a couple of people comfortably. There's no, like, deck. It's a, just a boat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's busted up. It's still afloat, but it, it looks rough. Um, it's more floating like driftwood or a raft now than it is an actual ship. There looks like there's part of what could have been like a small mass to hold a sail, but it's been broken off. And there is a figure lying across it. She is unconscious. She's not moving. Uh, her skin is like chapped and like scorched from by the sun, but also like pale. She is in a white dress of sorts, but it's like grimy and wet. And there's like seaweed tangled up on her legs and different things. And She's got dark hair, uh, but it's matted, and she's breathing, but only lightly. She does not respond as you guys approach. Uh, Blaze jumps from the boat to the raft and scoops her up to put her back in the raft. She is breathing. Um, You can tell that, but that's it. There's no response from her. I cast Cure Wounds. You get her back over the boat, and and Kellen, you cast Cure Wounds on her? Yep. Uh, Go ahead and roll it for me. What level? Uh, Just first. Okay, roll it for me. 1d8. That's a 6... Cool. Okay. Like so she regains six hit points. You see, like some of the some of those chapped, chafed like spots on her arm and on her face. You know, it's like salt burns. You see it like fade away a little bit, and her breathing might seem slightly better, but not by much. She's still shallow breathing and just unconscious. I'm gonna try. Um, I'm gonna get my my water flask and try to give her a little water, see on her lips, and see if it reacts or she reacts at all. You give her some water, uh, you pour it into her mouth, and you see her swallowing the water, and, and but she does not stir or wake. She seems frail, very weak. Is there a doctor on the boat, Kellen? I am no doctor, but I do not think we have a doctor with us. So are y'all taking her back to the boat with you? Yeah, we're, we're trying to paddle and make sure that she doesn't, you know, pass out as we go. Okay. I look through my double periscope, and I'm looking at the boat. At this moment, when you guys you guys take her into your small vessel, leaving her boat behind, her raft? Yes. I mean, if there's nothing on it, if there's anything on it that like looks like a bag or... You don't see anything on it. Can I roll investigation? Yeah. An 11. You don't see anything. Like I said, there's no like lower deck. Basically, what you see is what you got. There's nothing there. Yeah, he leaves it. You pull her into your vessel, and you all start making your way back toward the Kareem. And with that, we're going to end this week's episode of Make Believe Heroes. I want to know her name. I want to know. Can you show me? Who is well, she? Uh, oh, wait, I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. But, hey, let's just say thank you to each of you for tuning in. This oh, has been you. our 10th episode. Thank you. You're welcome. As for what's going to happen next, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. 
Aww. We all die. We love you. We love you. Farewell. Happy Hanukkah. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. On this episode, I'll play Jimmy's man. Jimmy's man. Stop. Who is Jimmy's? Who is Jimmy? And why what? is his mom here? What's what is happening? Jimmy Neutron. My name is Carl Weezer. I'm up and down. Oh my gosh. He's <laughs> quoting Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Terrified. Uh, hey, croissant. we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons Carl. soon. Carl. <laughs> Carl. This is a good time, class. You're right to class, Carl. <laughs> Leave me alone. I want to go to Lava Palooza. <laughs> Carl, you can't go to What is going on? I need an adult. You can't stop me. I need an adult. I'm taking Jimmy's mom with me. <laughs> That's a good one. Take it. That sounds legit. <laughs> Carl. That's a good impersonation. Listen, God. Mrs. Bird, if you give me Jimmy's mom, I will give you a croissant. <laughs> Stop. Okay, we're done. Uh, you're gonna kill. Kay- you're gonna kill Alan. Alan's gonna die. All right, <laughs> let's talk about this. Who was doing that? All right, I think That's it was right. Caleb. But anyway, okay. all right, here we go. I'm done. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm just warning you. If you say the words "sales woe jam," I'm just warning you. Sales woe jam. If you well, say "sales woe jam," no, it's not. <laughs> No, it is, I, I refuse. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for the uh, sales will jam. Oh my gosh, you're not. <laughs> you do not. I refuse. Um, no, I have to cat and a dog, and that's it. Ah, uh, you're missing out. Okay, well let's wrap. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap this up. How do I get her to go away? She just sits. You have to just kill her. Stab her. Smack her in the head and run away. You hear a rap at the door. Yo, it's Betty. I'm here to stay. No, Betty's dead. <laughs> Just want to wake you up. Betty today. choked on a chicken leg. She's dead. No, um, <laughs> Betty. Oh, Betty. Did you say it was a HIPAA wand, so it can't share medical Alan, information? Shut up. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? That's all I yes, heard. It's a HIPAA wand. He pulls out his HIPAA wand. Okay. <laughs> Brackle casts shave the bear. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Infinite bear meat. Let's he go. mauls Brackle. Brackle's uh, dead now. Infinite bear meat. Oh no! Not again! We're not doing that again. Here we go again. Meat's back on the menu, boys. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yes. Infinite bear meat. Meat's Brackle on the menu. Alan, how long are you gonna hold that fake tongue lip? How long are you gonna do this? This is real lip. It's just swollen and loose <laughs> from the top of the thing. Jimmy's mom has got it going on. It's a hell of a time and I need to show up. Jimmy wants to see. She's the one for me. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm in love with Jimmy's mom. <laughs> Amazing.